Good morning. It is, it is fantastic to be here. Uh, let me introduce my wife, if you would please stand. My precious wife of 31 years uh, this coming Wednesday. Um, and we have, uh, it's just been a joy to, uh, to watch the Lord work in our lives. And we'll introduce uh, some of the kids a little later. Let me say that uh, we've really felt like we've been praying for this, this day for uh, a long time. And over the course of the last couple of days in getting here, we've really felt like there's been some resistance. And uh, we're thankful that the Lord's brought us thus far. And uh, would you just keep praying and uh, ask the Lord to use us and uh, use you for our encouragement. We're all here uh, to, to be edified by the word and to be encouraged by other Christians and the, the, just the camaraderie we have in Christ uh, that's a precious gift, and uh, we're so thankful for it. I'll tell you right up front, I'm a crier, so if I, if I, uh, if I get choked up, uh, it's okay. Just, it, I'm used to it. Uh, but, um, but we're so thankful to be here and excited to be back in the Midwest. Uh, we lived in Ohio for 25 years, and I thought coming up here, maybe speaking of Ohio might be negative, to Indianans uh, 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 like it is when, when it's Michigan against Ohio State. Uh, but, um, but we are thankful to be here. We love Indiana, and uh, we get to see cornfields again. Uh, there's not many cornfields in South Carolina, so we're thankful for that. The Lord has really been using uh, Proverbs chapter 4 in, in my life specifically over the course of uh, the last several months, and I wanted to just take some time this morning to to just walk through some of that. Uh, there's a lot here, and um, let's uh, let's just pray as we begin. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for bringing us here, and you have so orchestrated all of it. And we know that it's of you. And so we're thankful for that. We pray that you would uh, hide me behind your cross and give me, give me calmness, clarity of thought to communicate your ideas and your principles and what you want. Thank you for these folks. I pray that you would bless in their lives, direct them, encourage them. May, may this be an encouragement, but where it needs to be a, a pricking and a and really a challenge, may it be that as well. May you open all of our hearts to hear what you have to say, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever considered how we get clean water? God made a natural process for us to get clean water long before we ever had water treatment systems or water treatment plants in our towns. We don't think about it much today. We, we go to the kitchen sink or the refrigerator door. You know, we don't even have to open the door. We just stick our cup against the door and it gives us water, right? Um, we don't think about that. Going to, going to the refrigerator and getting a cold glass of water. 
clean, clear water that we can drink and we feel comfortable drinking. Uh, Walmart and Kroger have plenty of, usually, uh, maybe not in 2020, but usually they have bottled water that we can just buy off the shelf. But pure spring water was very important in Bible times because they didn't have uh, the ability or the abundant supply that we have today. It was, it was a matter of real survival uh, for the civilization in that time. Think about it. If they wanted water, they had to either find a natural spring or they had to dig a well and dig for water until they found it. That's much different than it is today. Uh, when we think about the, the conditions of the first century, the Israelites had to, had to be experts when it came to water. They had to understand when they saw water, is this healthy water to drink, or is it unhealthy? Is it full of toxins and pollutants? Consider Proverbs 24, 26, a righteous man who faltered before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. Think about Deuteronomy 8, 7. For the Lord, our... I'm going to be flashing through these, uh, a, lot of these, um, a lot of these verses. We'll, we'll kind of settle ourselves in Proverbs 4. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of, spr- of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. God has made water to be an invaluable, life-sustaining source for mankind. But no one wants to drink dirty, polluted, contaminated water. It makes us sick. So in God's goodness, I think this is so awesome, in God's goodness and his power and knowledge, he created a way for water to naturally be cleansed. Have you ever, have you ever understood this? And I don't understand it. I may sound like I do, but I'm just scratching the surface, I think. But the way I understand it is that as rainwater flows, uh, falls to the earth from the sky, it is... It soaks into the ground and begins a filtration process. It comes through the soil, so it filters down through all the soil, and then the permeable rock layers that where the water can get through the rock, it continues to be filtered and cleaned. And eventually, after all that filtering, ends up in a spring flowing out of the earth. I am sure it is more complicated than that. But in my peewee brain, uh, that's what I understand it to be. And in Proverbs chapter 4, if you look down at verse 23, we find a fountain and a spring bubbling up and flowing out. Verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Think about that for a minute. But it's actually a spring flowing out of our heart. What flows out of our heart? Well, it depends it depends on if that heart is being filtered with a controlling source. And 
Solomon, obviously, as we understand it, was the richest, the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth. And we can be sure that the Bible communicates to us that God came to him and he asked for wisdom and God gave it to him. Just like in James, when it says that if we lack wisdom, let us ask of God because he will give it liberally. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And this is really where I want to I focus our attention this morning. In other words, from your heart flows the springs of life. Your heart is a fountain. My heart is a fountain, a spring, and everything flows out of that spring. Think about this. Your heart continually is producing something. Just like that natural spring is continually producing clean water, our hearts produce, and it can produce clean water. And Solomon helps us to understand how can we can produce, uh, produce that in our own life. In the New Testament, Matthew 15, 18, but, that, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. And we're going to be talking about the mouth here in just a minute. Without Christ and his truth, we produce nothing but wrong, fleshly, carnal things. And that's, that's clear in Scripture, that if we are not following this book, then we can't produce anything that's going to be glorifying to Him. God's Word reminds us our hearts are desperately wicked, and who can know them, right? Jeremiah seventeen nine, We all have gone astray, every one to his own way. Isaiah 53, verse 6. We have a problem, don't we? Our heart needs a filter. It needs that process of, of flushing out the bad and replacing it with good. But our hearts are bent on resisting that filter. And that's where we have to be so careful, just in our daily life, that we're intentionally trying to understand what is in our heart and and flowing our heart through the filter of God's word. Psalm 119, verse 176, is a verse that has been so near and dear to my wife's heart over, over our uh, Christian life. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If, you just, if we just take scripture for what it is, and and believe it by faith, and then exercise it. If what, whenever we have a situation, we love God's word, and we let God's word work in our heart, humbly, obediently, there is not anything that we should be offended about. We have the love of Christ, and everything flowing from God's word, there should be nothing that offends it all, it all should be grace and truth. The Bible should be our filter for every decision, every thought of our heart. When we think of our heart, what, what is our heart? Our heart is our very soul. 
It's who we are on the inside. It's our mind, our thinking, our memories. It's our personal, think about this for a minute, right down to my own self, inside of me, my heart is the seed, the seat of my um, appetites and emotions and passions, my will to do and, and our determination and our drive to do. What drives you? What's your, what's your world view? In not, not only on Sundays, but what's your worldview on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday through the week? Are you going back to God's Word? What gets you up in the morning? You see, God is always, has always interpreted everything we see. You see, God created it all. And then He gave us this book to help us understand. But He's already interpreted everything. In our world, pastor alluded to it, that our world is, is in need. Because we think in our world that we should be interpreting what we see. But it's already been interpreted. Right here. And all our responsibility is, is to strive to, to live in light of God's interpretation. That's what apologetics is. It's understanding that God has interpreted everything for us already. And we can stand on those truths. And then living those truths out in God's interpretation. What wrong thinking has worked its way into my heart? What wrong thinking has infiltrated your heart? The reality is we live in a wicked world. So we get that influence bombarding us every day. What is the filter system of our heart? Right here in the book of Proverbs, the Lord gives us the answer. You know what the answer is? It's wisdom. And Proverbs talks in, in multiple chapters about wisdom. And it refers to her as a her. Uh, get wisdom. She shall be. Uh, your shield and your protection. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. So we find that the beginning of wisdom, where we need to start, is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1 7 couple chapters back says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction uh, I heard this uh, definition of wisdom recently wisdom the fee it's the fear of the Lord is to assume well I should say what's the fear of the Lord uh, because that's the beginning of wisdom so that's where we start the fear of the Lord is to assume an appropriate attitude of humility, uh, loyalty, and absolute dependence on Him. That's where we start wisdom. To assume an appropriate attitude of humility, loyalty to Him, and absolute dependence on Him. Whatever He says is going to go in my life. That's how He wants us to live. 
What is wisdom? Well, it can be it can be communicated in multiple different ways, but insight to apply knowledge effectively. It's insight. It's thinking. It's it's what you're. It's to be skillful of mind and comprehend God's truth, and then how am I going to apply that to situations in life? Prudence in spiritual truth, discerning good. Have you ever heard this? Discerning good, discerning from good, better, and best. We can make a good decision. We can make a better decision than that. But we can make the best decision according to what God's word communicates to us. Matthew Henry described it this way. We must cultivate a heart that loves wisdom and focuses on her. If wisdom is regarded as only a system of rules and threats, then her purpose is never achieved. We should pray for and pursue wisdom in the midst of our heart. You know, we live in a day where people are laid back. That's, I mean, right? We see that all of the time. We stayed in a hotel uh, last night. By the way, thank you for providing that for us. That was a great blessing. But at breakfast this morning, I was definitely the only one in a dress pants and a dress shirt. Uh, It's casual. Everything's casual, right? Everything's laid back. Everything is you know, I'll get that later. Or, I let's not think about what that might be doing. Let's just do it. And really, wisdom is intentionally saying, no, 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 no. I need to think through every decision of my life. And for us, our kids sometimes uh, joke with us that it takes so long to make a decision because we want to think through it and we want to understand what, what it is that uh, what the lay of the land is for us in a decision, in a particular decision. Well, uh, in Proverbs uh, chapter four, uh, Solomon spends a great deal of time through verses one through thirteen, trying to get us to realize the importance of this wisdom. It's like the life-sustaining water that we drink. We can't really live a spiritual motivated life without it. Words like incline thy ear to hear and to understand. And the idea of stretching out to get it. Stretching out to grab it. There's some some physical exertion that has to happen. We need to work at getting this wisdom. Wisdom is the filter for our heart that empowers a life devoted to Christ and living in a way that reflects His character. That's what we want to do because that, when we reflect His character, what does that do? That brings glory to Him. And that is our ultimate goal. Ephesians, I love the book of Ephesians and how all through the very beginning of that book, it over and over, five times I think, it repeats, we do for the glory of the Lord. Verse, verse 10 uh, is in, it, it gives, it places value. Look at verse 10. It says, hear my son and receive my sayings in the years of my life 
shall be many. Well, here's an opportunity for us to, to gain, gain days as we, as we submit ourselves to Scripture and the truth. He's going to bless our lives. Verse 12, When ye goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. When we walk through this life, thou shalt not stumble. Wisdom can keep us from making hurtful decisions and void and, and avoid consequences of wrong decisions. How many times, parents, do you, do you see your kids and you want them to make the right choice? You want them to choose right according to Scripture. And we know Proverbs 13, 15 says, The way of the transgressor is hard. You know, we talk about boundaries. Our world, you know, is laid back. It also doesn't want boundaries. There's no boundaries. I read a, uh, a, a guy's t-shirt. Uh, I was standing in line at Walmart uh, just the other day, and I actually really nonchalantly just went like this and took a picture of it. Not responsible for obsession. That's what the back of his t-shirt said. Not responsible for obsession. So our world is saying there is no boundary and ultimately I make the choice. And what does that mean? That means I become God in my own life. And and that is as far from the truth as it could be for us to take on that philosophy of life. I think about boundaries. Pastor said I'm a graphic designer and uh, that's true, and I work on the computer almost all day long uh, doing graphics work. And when I think of boundaries, I think of my boundaries of my computer or my phone or things that I'm trying to do work with. You know, our computers are only going to last if the electricity's on. There's been multiple times in our office when you know a transform, transformer goes down nearby. This has probably happened to you at some point, and everything in the house or everything in the office just it goes dead. Um, uh, I was I was sitting at a at a computer station one day, and that happened. And all of my staff has computers that plug into the wall, but I have a laptop. So, boom, everything goes down, and I'm just sitting there. What's happening? Why, why aren't you guys working? Uh, we can't do anything. Oh, you're plugged into the power. Uh, what about batteries? We, we go through batteries like nobody's business in our house. We're always asking, does anybody have any batteries? AAA, AA, D, you know, you name it. 9 volt. Um, and if we don't have battery power, we can't, we can't do anything. Uh, you think of these things, if, if, you're, if you're starting to see red up at the top right corner, you better get it plugged in because it's only going to last so long. We have all kinds of boundaries in our life. So how does our heart get directed? How does it get filtered? When you think about who is steering your heart, you're steering it based on what you're putting into it, right? 
Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's three things in in Proverbs chapter 4 that help us to understand that we have to guard these things. We have to control these things through the Spirit of God and through His Word to gain wisdom. And these three things are our speech and our eyes and our feet. Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 20, verse 23, or verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. We must detest any matter of wicked communication. And this is not easy to do because we are bent the other direction. Think about this list. Evil words, cursing, swearing, lying, slandering, filthiness, foolish talking, being deceptive. Everything that comes out of our mouth that's not edifying or glorifying the Lord. And may I say that's not just what we say, but also what we listen to. What we listen to other people saying. Are we guarding that in our lives, in the office, in the school? A forward mouth. Put away from thee a forward mouth. Think about what a forward mouth is. And oftentimes, we had, uh, he spoke of Pastor Arrowwood, that was our pastor for 18 years. Uh, He was a wonderful expositor of the word, and we learned so much through his ministry. But when he talked about forward, he he went through actually Proverbs and talked about all the places in Proverbs where it talks about the forward man or the forward mouth. And I always kind of... kind of equated it to, oh yeah, that's a really bad person and I need to stay away from that and I need to not do that. But it's kind of like this, he's really bad and I'm right here and then there's a big gap in between. Well, the reality is that a forward mouth is our own, our own sinful nature. Think about this. Crooked or deceitful or distorted. That's what a forward mouth is habitually disposed to disobedience and opposition. We were there, weren't we? We were there with the Lord Jesus in disobedience and and in opposition to Him and His truth. Perverse, that is turning from. Reluctance, not willing to yield or comply with what is required. That's, that's our whole world, isn't it? What's required? It's required for us to understand our own sin. Understand that we are sinners. Not just that we sin, but our heart, our very being, our nature is sinful. And we have no escape from the judgment of God because of it. But Jesus came, right? Praise the Lord, Jesus came. And he bought us back from that sin. But we are, we are 
as beings in a disobedient and opposition of, oppositional state. This is our very sinful nature. James 3, 5 says, What comes from our mouth is a picture of what's in our heart. I'm sorry. This is what James 5 says. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Our mouth can be very destructive, can't it? The second uh, thing that Solomon warns us against is our eyes. What wisdom intentionally followed our eyes? With wisdom intentionally followed our eyes will be turned from beholding vanity. Okay, so if, if we take in wisdom... This is what our eyes will be turned from, the vanity. And we look straight on, straight forward, walking by the rule of God's word. Tending in the steps of the Lord, our master and our savior. What distracts you from our eyes? In I work in a marketing department, so in marketing, we don't necessarily we don't want people to be distracted we want a clear view of what we want the the viewer or the audience what we want them to see we want it to be clear and concise and easy to understand but think about all the distractions that we have in a in a presentation i do about graphic design i put a picture up there of of times square in new york city and if you've ever seen a picture it's just like bombardment of every screen and every street sign and the traffic you know, on the ground and the people. It's just nothing but distraction. In the picture, you can't hardly even see the sky. And that's what our life is like. So where do your eyes get distracted? What are you spending time looking at that's distracting you from, from wisdom? Our world has much to distract us. Lamentations 3.51 says, Mine eye effecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Isn't that exactly what we're talking about? Our world is so distracting that our eyes affect our heart. Our eyes and what we see affect our heart. Don't let... Don't let the world fool you in that. Our past failures, you know, our eyes can also look back, can't it? And say, oh, these past failures, I'm just, I'm just no good. God can't use me. God can't do anything in my life. That's false. What should we do? Hebrews 12.2 says, for your eyes Keep your eyes on Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Quickly, verse, uh, flip back to verse 18 and 19. And I love this description. It says, But the path of the just is as the shining light, the shining that, that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness, they know not at what they stumble. So remember, we 
are sinful beings. And everyone has the temptation to go away from wisdom. We're already bent that way. But here, the Holy Spirit is telling us that if we will take the path of justice, if we'll take the wise path, then we'll be like a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And the idea there, I love this idea, that as the light of the sunrise, you think of, have you ever witnessed a sunrise, maybe at the beach or in the mountains, or, and it, it's dark, and then all of a sudden, there's a little bit of light. And then as the minutes go by, there's more and more and more, and then the sun, you see the sun, and then as the morning uh, sun rises, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. That's the idea here. As the just live by wisdom and by faith in Christ, the, the sunrise increases slowly until it is brilliant in the noonday. Or we increase uh, in purity and wisdom as we follow God's word. But the contrary is also true in verse 19. The way of the wicked is as darkness. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. They can't even recognize where they're at or what they're stumbling on. They're definitely stumbling. The wicked or those who refuse to follow after God are in a thick darkness which makes him stumble and fall over and over and over again. The Lord doesn't want us to stumble over and over again. We have the light. We have the light of, of God's word and the gospel to give us a light to our path a lamp to our feet, and a light to our path. You know, this really resembles the sowing and and reaping principle. What we sow in our heart, we're going to eventually reap in our life. And and consider the sowing principle in uh, uh, the verse number... In one of the verses earlier, it talks about uh, wisdom being, uh, being the principal thing. Can't find it right this minute. Seven. Wisdom is the principal thing, verse seven. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. This idea of the principal thing, one of the meanings there is first fruits. And if you think back to the Old Testament and when God brought first fruits and, and offerings and he gave us those principles, when the children of Israel brought first fruits, it was as a demonstration of obedience and reverence to God. It also showed that they trusted God to provide even crops or water to feed their families. It's a demonstration of our obedience and our a reverence and honor to God for us to to take wisdom and to apply it to our own lives in humility. And lastly, our feet. 
our feet. Uh, verse verse twenty six says, "Ponder the feet, ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Ponder the path of your feet. A wise." course results from wise forethought. It's what I was saying earlier. Intentionally thinking through our decisions and why we're doing what we're doing. Not just big decisions, but little decisions. What am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat today? What am I going uh, to listen to today? What am I going to watch today? This moment. All those things. We need to be pondering where our feet are going. Discernment and prudence. Is something stealing your love for God this morning? Is there something in you that's missing? Because you're filling yourself with not wisdom, but you're filling yourself with the gods of this world and the pleasures of this world. My kids know this first well because I say it over and over and over again. It's what, I, what has become my life verse. First Chronicles 22, verse 19 in the first part says, Now set. Now. Now is the time. Now set your heart to seek the Lord your God. Set your mind on Christ. Let him bring up that spring, that fountain that comes out of your heart. Let it come up with wisdom. All through scripture we find one thing that is feeding our love for God. Or it's feeding everything else. We have to be students of the word. We have to take Solomon's advice to watch our mouth because when our mouth speaks, it's what's in our heart. We have to watch our eyes because what we bring into the eye gate affects our heart. And we have to make sure we're thinking about where our feet are going. Does those things that, that where we Take our feet. Are they things that are going to glorify the Lord? Or are they, think, are they things that are going to put a stain on our, on our witness or on our testimony for the Lord? Amen. May the Lord help us to, uh, to take God at his word. And remember that Jesus himself said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile or they cleanse. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Proverbs. Thank you for the wisdom of it. Lord, I pray that you would embed these truths deep in our heart. May may you etch them on our hearts and on our very souls. And may we go forth this week and believe by faith, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that through Him, we can have abundant life. Father, 
embed wisdom deep in our hearts and help us to guard our hearts. Help me to guard my heart by guarding my mouth and guarding my eyes and guarding my feet. Thank you for sharing uh, this truth with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.